there's a couple of things that I want to uh, say as we uh, step in today to our, 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 our devotions. I'll get to what I want to share with you by way of spiritual impartation in just a moment. But I want to, I want to make this, this uh, put this thought to you. We want to see more than just simply, you know, have successful church. What is successful church? If successful church has got to be measured by the life of the Holy Spirit, the power of God. It's got to be measured by lives being changed and experiencing God. It's got to be measured by a willingness to take what God is doing in us outside. All of those things. So that we become, you know, what we talk about, you know, in our vision statement, that we become worshipful, relational, and missional. And, and that we're living this thing out. That this is not just simply something that we are talking about. And, and I, I, I get really concerned by, in the American church when I look at oftentimes the, the focus. I listen to some of these people. I listen to church planting organizations. And I listen to some things. And some of the emphasis is on, well, if you do this, you get this, and if you do this, you do you get this, and you know you got to make sure that you got the right systems, and you got to make sure you got the right. And I, I listen to all that stuff, and I go, you know what? I come back to one basic tenet: except the Lord build the house, we labor in vain who build it. If we don't see the the spirit of God at work, if we don't see how in the world, yeah, I can take various strategies, and all that stuff is good, all that stuff is important, but at the end of the day. It's not going to be human strategy that's going to produce this. I don't even know what the Holy Spirit has in mind. Most of the things that that God is doing in my life and has done in my life weren't ever on my radar. You know, if I wasn't in tune with the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't even have seen them. I mean, so, you know, I can dream up all the kinds of great ideas I want. But if I don't stop to get a hold of what does God want? I mean, after all, it is His church, isn't it? It's His church, it's His mission, it's His objective, it's His love for humanity. And so all of those things have to come back to one basic tenet. Am I hearing God? Like Yongi Cho says, I hear and I obey. Pray and obey. Just do, do what God tells us to do. And so, I, I, so, so very vital, so very vital. But as we do, we will see the fruit. As we do, God will produce what He's promised. I want to just I want to talk a little bit about building on an apostolic and a prophetic foundation this morning because you know what does that mean uh, in Ephesians chapter two Paul says this he said the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone. I believe that's in in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Yeah, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with uh, Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. In him, verse 21 says, in him, the whole building joined together rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him too, you are in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by the Spirit. I mean, there's so much just in those few verses that Paul is saying that, that, that first of all, that there is an order to what God does. 
There's a very practical way in which God builds. And he says he's built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Now, it's not just talking about the 12 apostles, and he's not just talking about the Old Testament prophets. Yes, that, but it's more than that. Ephesians chapter 4 says that the church, that it was He, Jesus, the risen Lord, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, pastors, and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, that the body of Christ might be built up. So this is not just something that took place, you know, 2,000 years ago with 12 apostles, and before that with a bunch of Old Testament prophets. But it is a vital part of the church today that apostles and prophets are for the church today. So the church must be built on an apostolic and prophetic foundation. Now, I don't have a lot of time to talk about the apostolic side of it. I have referred to this before, and I'll talk about it, I'm sure, at times in the future. But there, probably an easy way for you to remember it is, is on your hand, that apostles govern, prophets guide, evangelists gather, uh, and pastors uh, ground, and yeah, our teachers ground, and, and pa- pastors guard. And just an easy way to kind of remember it. But yeah, apostles govern. Start with your thumb. Okay, apostles. Okay, <laughs> apostles govern. Because they touch all of the. Yeah, they touch all. Apostles govern. Prophet prophets guide. Points the way. Evangelists gather. Reaches Scott. Yeah, well, <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pastors guard and teachers ground. And those, those five things, those five functions, all five of those functions have to be in place in any local church. Okay? Every local church needs to have all five of those functions in place. Now, that doesn't mean they all will be necessarily resonant in that church, but they need that connection. Scott's an evangelist. He's an Ephesians 4 evangelist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've got to have that gift expressed in all our communities. Uh, so, uh, the apostolic and prophetic foundation. And so, my role in an apostolic dimension is that of governing and, and, and being able to oversee. It's much more of a, 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 an oversight role. But I want to emphasize the prophetic side. Because... I will tell you, when you step into the flow of the prophetic in your life, unbelievable things happen. Things start going on that you could never have imagined. And I, I, I watch it. I, I watch it just in whenever I, if I get too bogged down in the minutia, I miss the prophetic. I, I, I find that I get caught up more in kind of, you know, doing rather than being. And the Holy Spirit flows out of that being, that place of, of where we're just in communion with God. We're walking with Him. We're hearing Him. And then we're stepping into the flow of that. Sunday morning, it was just kind of unique right there at the end. It was just this real sense of its prophetic flow. And... Uh, we begin to sing that song. There's an army rising up. An army. It was like literally like a wave of the glory of God just came in that place. Just pow. Well, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He he ignites things. He he begins to break into people's lives, and he begins to 
take the things from God and imparts them into people and people begin to come alive. People are are different when they've been touched by the Holy Spirit. You remember Saul, the Old Testament. Here he is, Saul, just this old guy, he hangs out with the prophets, all of a sudden he starts prophesying. They said even Saul's prophesying. He never prophesied before, now he's hanging out with the prophets and he's prophesying. Why? Because something got on him. Something got on him. Something changed him. We, We want to be that kind of people. So when we create an atmosphere that is prophetic, and that's really what Paul is talking about, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. We're creating an apostolic and prophetic atmosphere. There is a prophetic flow in the services. There's a prophetic flow in our interpersonal relationships. There's a prophetic dimension to the way we're living our individual lives. We're not just doing church. And we're not just kind of working on human strategy. Listen, if you just work on human strategy, you're just going to get tired. But if you will listen to God and flow with what God will, not only will you be excited all the time, but you'll be fruitful all the time. The Holy Spirit will be at work rushing through you, producing what God alone can produce. And that's the way I want to see the church move. I want to see all of our communities living in that flow and moving in that flow. So how, how do we do it? How do we do it? Um, let me just take a few minutes and unpack a couple of uh, verses of Scripture in the 16th chapter of the book of Acts. And there is a beautiful expression here of Paul. Paul seemed to live in this flow of the Holy Spirit. He lived in it. Now, there were many things that Paul did that you wonder, well, why in the world was Paul doing what he was doing? Well, the early church understood from the get-go that if we don't depend on the Holy Spirit, we're not going to see God's purposes carried out. They understood it. They got it. How did they get it? Well, they were there in the upper room. They experienced in the upper room. They knew they come walking outside like drunk men. Peter stands, raises his voice, begins to preach, and 3,000 people get saved. Wow! We're going to work for 100 years to try to get that and couldn't get that. So they, they begin to live in that. They, they flowed in that. And there are some practical things that are hidden, four practical principles that are hidden in this passage that I'm going to read to you from the 16th chapter of the book of Acts, uh, certainly verse 6. Now, Paul ends up in a very unique situation. If you read in the preceding verses, uh, he's on this missionary journey. He has taken some steps to go out in God. But it says this in verse 6, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been, notice this, kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Not only does God say yes to things, but God says no to things. Yeah. One of the things that we were talking about in the the previous meeting, last Wednesday night, the Holy Spirit spoke to us. I want to stop here just a minute. I'll come back to that verse of Scripture. But the Holy Spirit spoke to us last Wednesday night in quite a unique way. I was standing. We were in the prayer meeting. And you all know Stephen Nice. Stephen Nice is standing there. He just kind of, and I turned around and I saw him. Well, as I saw him, I immediately knew. I said, you've got a word for Justin. Justin's over here. 
He's 15, 20 feet away. He's just praying. I said, you've got a word for Justin. He goes, I do, I do, I do. <laughs> he goes, and so does Richard. Well, Richard is a guy. Richard is a, a guy. Richard is probably 80 years old. And Richard has only been at the church about three weeks. Long history in God. I mean, he goes way back to Calvary days. I mean, he's he's a a, a, a godly man from way back. And yeah, and so he says, and so does Richard. And I go, well, praise God, Stephen and Richard got a word for Justin. I said, Justin, come here. Justin comes walking over there. Now Richard had never laid eyes on him. He had never even seen him. Never saw him the first time until Wednesday night. You would have thought. He had been in the meetings that I have been with. He he just starts pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. Stephen read his mail, and right on the heels of that, uh, Richard reads his mail, adds like a volume to it. And I'm just thinking, Justin ends up on his face, sobbing like a baby over in the corner as God meets with him. Now, how do you do that? How do you put that in a strategy? How do you do that, you know? You see, if we don't have the Holy Spirit at work, if we don't, so what was God doing? God was, was saying no to some things at the same time He's saying yes to some things. You see, everything God calls us to do, there are certain other things He's calling us not to do. And God made it so clear. Now, I'll, I'll underscore this for everyone because I believe it was not just a word for Justin. It was at the same time it was a word for me and it's a word for you. Operate where your grace is. All right? There are things that God has not called you to do, and there are things God has called you to do, and you can't do the things God has called you to do if you're consumed with the things He hasn't called you to do. Okay? So Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Fergia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Here he is again. He's underscoring a no. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man from Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, I want to I make four observations from this that I think are principles that are applicable to our life if we really want to be people who are a prophetic people. I, don't wanna, I want to raise up an apostolic and prophetic company, a people. You see, that's what the church is. If the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, it is so that the church can become equipped to be apostolic and prophetic. So we become an apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, or missional people who are caring for one another, grounded in the Word of God. That's what we're supposed to be. And so, first of all, the first principle is this, that if you want to be led by the Holy Spirit, you've got to be moving. You've got to be moving. There are some things you don't need a word from God for. There are some things you just need to take what you already have been given and start stepping out in faith and obeying. Yeah. Let me give you one. Matthew uh, chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. What did he say? What did Jesus say? He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He, he's commanded us to go. 
the Great Commission. So, you don't need a word to go, you need a word to stop. All right? So we got to start saying, okay, God, I'm going. I'm going. Where do I go? Well, I, you know, I start where I'm at. And I start moving out. I start taking some steps. You see, a lot of times people are wanting to be led, but they're like a parked car. Hey, if you're going to drive a car, you better get the car moving. You can't steer a parked car. You steer a car that's moving. And so the first thing that Paul did, Paul was walking in obedience to the Lord. You can go all the way back to Acts chapter 13 when he gets commissioned and he leaves the church at Antioch and he's moving out. Uh, last night, Sandy and I were watching a program. I don't even know what the program is, but I loved it. I loved it. It was about two young guys, or probably 20s. One of them reminded, reminded me of Kyle Riggs. He's just like Kyle Riggs. And they're, mis- they're missionaries. And this is this missionary reality show. I mean, it was so cool. It was so cool. Here's these two young guys, these two young guys, and they're just going after God. And they're going after God. They're in Mongolia, and they're filming all this stuff. They travel the road, yeah. I think that's it. Travel the road. That's it. That's it. Travel the road. And so, and I'm sitting there thinking, this is so cool, but it's so genuine. Here's these guys, and they get in a car, and the other guy's going, this is really sketchy. This is really sketchy. In fact, they ended up with two guys that ultimately wanted to take, kill them, wanted to steal their money and kill them. And they said, we knew we shouldn't have gotten that car from the first place. And I thought to myself, but, you know, here's these two guys going after God, getting out there. They're just going. Yeah. They're just going. And they're seeing great things happen, seeing challenging things happen, obviously. But they're walking in the flow of the Holy Spirit. You see, that's, where, that's the life God's called us to. I mean, I don't want you guys to be thinking, okay, I've got a job at a church, and here's my job at the church, and there's this nice little box, and as long as I carry out my job at the church, everything will work. Not so. The thing that will work is when we get a hold of that we are filled with the Holy Spirit, and we have been given a function by the Holy Spirit, and we're flowing in that. So the first thing we got to do is we got to be moving. The second thing, and i got to move quickly, the second thing is that there has to be a degree of sensitivity to us. Do you know you cultivate sensitivity? The Bible says this in the book of Hebrews, that the spiritually mature, by reason of exercise, have trained their senses to discern good and evil. There are things you can do to cultivate an awareness of both the presence of God and the voice of God. I've said this before. When Sandy calls me on the phone and says, Hi. That's all she has to say. I know it's her. Not because caller ID says it's her. But when I hear her voice, bang. I know it's her. I don't say, Who is this? <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> no, because I've, I've spent enough time listening to her voice that I know her voice. I know her voice. Do we know the voice of the Holy Spirit? Have we cultivated an awareness of the way God works and how God's voice sounds in our spirit? I love the way, I could talk a lot about the way God speaks, suffice to say. I mean, there's an inward witness of the Spirit. There's an inward voice of the Holy Spirit. He speaks through the Scriptures. He speaks through dreams and visions. He speaks through angelic visitations, although I've never had one. I know that's in the Bible. There are a multiplicity of ways that God speaks. But am I aware? 
Or do I discount everything that happens to me and live only in the cerebral? You see, that's where so many people, so many Christians, they're living up here in their head rather than living by the Holy Spirit from their spirit. A sensitivity. Paul was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. How do I know that? Because he seeks to go this way and the Spirit of Jesus says no. He seeks to go this way and the Spirit of Jesus says no. So here he is trying to go, trying to obey the Great Commission and all he's getting is no's. But Paul understood something. I mean, he could have said, well, let's go home, guys. God's not letting us do anything. But he understood this, that a no is not anything but a step in God's guidance. If God has a no to something, it's because he has a yes to something else. And that night, Paul has a dream. Out of the blue. So there, there was an, the, 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 the third principle, and be moving. Be sensitive. But the third is be expectant. Be expectant. There ought to be a degree of faith. Every, the Bible says that everything that's not a faith is sin. If we believe God speaks, we ought to be in faith. He's going to speak to me. Am I in faith that God can talk to me? Am I in faith that God has something to say about everything that touches my life and everything that my life touches? God has something to say. And so we've got to be expecting God to talk to us. We've got to cultivate. One of the easiest ways I know to cultivate an ear to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, and that's what it says in the book of Revelation, he who has an ear, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. That The easiest way, get into a place of worship. Begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. I've said this before, Look, you, uh, he who prays in the Spirit, speaking mysteries unto God, you speak mysteries to God, God is a reciprocal God, God will start revealing mysteries to you. He'll start talking to you, He'll start speaking to you. And then the, th- the, the fourth principle is here. And I love the way Paul says this. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia. <laughs> he didn't say it was pizza. He didn't say it was some kind of weird, that is strange, I got a dream last night, a guy. No, he says, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to The fourth principle is that we must be responsive to what the Holy Spirit says. It's not hard to walk with God if we'll practice a, uh, uh, what the scriptures say. We, we start moving. As we're moving, we're sensitive to Him. As we're sensitive to Him, we're walking in expectation and faith that He's going to talk to us. And as He talks to us, then we go do what He says to do. You know, God will tell us to do some things sometimes that make absolutely no sense whatsoever. None. If we live by this, we will miss God's best for our life. Because we're always living with what makes sense to the natural. I mean, when I think about what the Bible says, that the, the, the things of the Spirit are perceived and received by the Spirit. They're not natural things. So sometimes God does things that are completely outside the realm of reason. I mean, why? I'll tell you one quick story. God gives me a, a dream a number of years ago, about China and an unreached people group in China. And it made no sense to my natural mind. 
I didn't speak Mandarin. I didn't speak Chinese. I didn't even know who these people were. They were the Dong people, an unreached people group of nearly 3 million people. God gives me, and he calls me to plant churches among the Dong people. Does that make any sense? I'm from Florida, living in Virginia. I don't speak Dong. I've never even been to China. Doesn't make sense. But I stepped out. Churches were planted. Trans lives transformed. I saw some of the most amazing miracles I've ever seen in my life. And I'm thinking, I am flabbergasted by this. Let me just tell you this as I wrap this up. Look, we are not going to live in the arena of the natural. We want to live in the arena of the supernatural. And that begins by developing an ear a heart, and a lifestyle that is consistent with what the Holy Spirit wants. That means this, the sky's the limit. That means this, that God can take the lid off of everything that has held us back. That God can begin to reveal things to us that put us on a pathway of seeing unbelievable fruit and unbelievable success. God is more wanting that than we want that. But it all begins by obeying the Holy Spirit. And so I want to challenge you with that. Let's be people who are yielded to the voice of the Holy Spirit and are looking for it, running after it, for the glory of God. Father, I thank you for what you have designed us for. You've made us to be people of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, be talking to us. Like you talked to us on Wednesday night. Talk to us every day. Let us hear your voice and let us say yes to what you've called us to do. Now I bless this wonderful, amazing team of people. Use them for your glory. And we say, Lord, build your church. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth at Port Orange, at Una, at Markham, at Park, at Fairvilla, at all of our communities, at One Fire, at One Hope, all of our communities and everything we put our hand to, at One School of the Arts, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. One School of the Arts, thy kingdom come, thy will be done at One Leadership College. And may the Lord God the result be for your glory and your honor, I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, guys, God bless y'all. Hallelujah. Let's give God thanks.